everybody, welcome back to My Sister Made Me View It. You are here listening to our Roswell edition, the 1999 version. But my name is Emily, and I should be working on my book. My name is Megan, and I should be drawing storyboards. But instead... We're making a podcast! We're making a podcast! So, we're just hanging out. Just finished watching the latest episode, which is season one, episode 10, The Balance. And here we go. So, Emily, I have I have some information uh, to relay to you. This was definitely the episode that made me quit Roswell before. Oh, no. In my Hulu watch history, you know, this episode started at like... Uh, 20 minutes in so like my play marker i have definitely watched up to this episode uh and if i wasn't watching it with you it'd probably make me quit the show again (laughs) (laughs) well um that is good to know i i'm glad that at least we're gonna we're over the hump hopefully for you uh so it's been Wow, four weeks since we recorded Roswell? We took a definite two-week break because one of my other sisters came out to visit me, and also I had to storyboard. Uh, so it's been at least a month since we since we talked about this show. During this break, uh, you were supposed to, I don't know if you wrote this down, but you had a question for me about Roswell, and I said, ask me on the podcast. Okay, I have it right here. I, wonder, I, opened, it, I opened my notes to a new page, and there was this blast from the past this note from my past self that I had zero memory of writing but it's in my handwriting and said is Meg having a good time y'all I am straight up not having a good time no (laughs) I I love Emily that part is in no dispute and I'm doing this podcast because I love Emily but I don't like this show and I don't like these characters and I I don't really care about anything that's going on with them. (laughs) You know what? That's fine. We have two contrasting points of view. (laughs) Anyway, 10 episodes in, and I actually um, now need to admit to you that I have not really liked this show at all, but I'm going to keep watching because I love you and I care about you, my sister. So we're going to keep going. So I also have a confession to make to you. I've never seen this episode before. (laughs) Why are we doing this? Well, because I know the next... Okay, so when we were getting ready to watch today, it was like, oh, it's going to be this particular episode. I was like, oh, this thing's going to happen. And then I pull it up and I realize that particular episode isn't until next week. And I was just like, dang it. But I will say, uh, Meg, first of all, thank you for hanging in there. I appreciate you doing things that you may not enjoy at the moment. And I hope it grows on you. But if it doesn't, I really appreciate you hanging in there with me. (laughs) This is why it was such a delight to me in our book coverage when you started ranting about like, why hasn't everyone read this book? Everyone should read this book. And I'm like, I know how to recommend things to people. <laughs> but anyway, this episode, what what is the title of this episode? The episode is called The Balance. And just a very brief uh, overview before we get started. 
Nobody's talking to each other about important things. And Michael runs off, makes a decision that affects everyone, and everyone has to band together to save him. Not all of them band together. Liz uncharacteristically fails for, I feel, kind of no reason. The writers are just like, "Mm, complicate the relationship. (laughs) Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Well, because I remember you you saying when we first started this, you wanted to talk about the tropes and everything like that. And again, I watched this when I was much younger, 20 years ago, much younger. And I ate it up. I just loved it. But like now going back and watching it and seeing that, oh, this is not something that Liz would do, but it is something that the writers were like, well, we need something to happen. And so we'll just... We'll make it happen. And um, from what I remember of the series coming after this, they get better at it. But don't hold me to it because, again, it's been 20 years since I've seen this. And apparently you haven't even watched the whole thing. <laughs> second season, I know everything about the second season. First season, oh, yeah. nothing really. <laughs> second season, I want to know who. She's on the thumbnail for the show on Hulu. Oh, that's um, right. But she has a very – if Alice from – from Twilight wore her hair down instead of spiked up. That's what this lady looks like. We'll find out. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So we come off from the episode beforehand where Liz and Max finally got together and finally kissed. And ah, uh, it was they go wonderful. Smooch. They go smoocheroony. And then they go about being normal teenagers. Listen, I love the opening of this where she is just, she's like, you know those days where everything is terrible and and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, but then there's days where like even cleaning the, the milkshake machine is wonderful. And she's clearly having one of those days. And, and then Max walks in the diner and they just lock eyes. And it just gave me like the high school vibes all over again of like when your crush walks in. I think they've captured that. Like really this stuff, well. yeah. This stuff was cute. I liked that. Okay, we're finally in the relationship. We're finally going along. I think when they're together, they're really good. They've obviously hired these two actors for their chemistry, and both of them are just like really sweet at doing the big doe eye thing. So yeah, I think this beginning part was effective. We during this diner scene got another food name for our list of alien themed foods and it was the men in blackberry pie that's what uh max tells michael that they're here to get and so we're coming up on uh max and liz on the cusp of a wonderful relationship and we're also coming upon michael and maria having broken off their relationship and they are just kind of at that weird stage of a breakup where you're just like we hang out with the same people. We do not like each other, but we have to be around each other. They don't like it. Mm-hmm. And it's very apparent when Liz and Maria both bring them drinks to the table. And Liz is like, yours is on the house. And Maria's like, yours is $1.25. <laughs> um, and it's very funny because Max asks Michael, well, like, it, it comes to the surface pretty quickly that Michael and Maria have broken up. And Max is like... Why didn't you tell me? And he's like, oh, you know, I've been busy and stuff. And then uh, the drinks spill across the table, sending uh, papers and notebooks flying as, you know, everybody's trying to clean it up. And Michael finds the drawings that 
Max and Liz found uh, when they went to go talk to River Dog in the previous episode. And he's instantly like, why didn't you tell me about this? And I'm like, if you don't talk to each other about anything, you can't blame the other person for not telling you stuff. (laughs) Then we have who I consider to be the MVP of this episode, who is Alex. Alex is finally in on the secret But he doesn't believe that they have told him the truth, but he believes that Maria and Liz believe that this is the truth. The kids are aliens, so he is rather skeptical of the whole thing. Alex is like, well, what makes you so sure it's true? And Maria's like, I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that Max dissolved the bullet that Liz was shot with and fixed all of the internal damage with his bare hands. But, uh, I don't know. It's probably something else. (laughs) That was good. But he's a good friend and he's going to support his friends in their delusions. Um, But he decides he wants to find out more information. So he's going to go talk to Isabel. Not Max or Michael. Because those guys are stupid. He's going to go talk to Isabel. Yep. Even though he's mad at Isabel. Well, he's not anymore. But last time they talked, he was really mad at her or conning him. There was something about that there. Oh, she asked him to the dance under false pretenses. She's trying to like. He thought it was under false pretenses. It wasn't. Now, they haven't hashed that out yet. They're just okay with it now. Isabel, Max, and Michael. They're having a sidebar. At their house and the shapes, the symbols, the hieroglyphics, the alien hieroglyphics that um, Max has written down. Isabel's just like, it's a language that I know, but I can't read it. Like, it looks very familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, Max is very adamant that Michael not go do anything. And I think Michael is just like, when when have I ever, when have I ever done that? What? You think, you think I'm just going to run off and do something? off the deep end because you get secrets and it's like yeah man don't you remember three episodes ago when you kidnapped our classmate stole her car and drove her to texas do you not remember that (laughs) michael's a man of action megan he really is man these teens are having a hard time communicating with each other (laughs) because because um they're like okay we're not gonna do anything and then Liz shows up because she and Max are going to go have a date. And Max, as he's leaving, is just like, Michael, don't do anything stupid. And as soon as Max leaves, Michael's like, I'm going to go do something stupid. And Isabel's yeah. like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and it was very funny because he's getting ready to go out with Liz. But he doesn't want to call it that. Or he's like, I'm, I'm headed out. And Isabel's like, you mean out as in like on a date? And he's like, No. As he's pulling a really nice v-neck cardigan from his closet and putting it on. And they're like, then why are you changing your shirt? He's like, we just both felt like Chinese food. That's it. That's all. We just felt like it. It's nothing special, guys. Leave me alone. Only he doesn't say that. And then they do go on a date to possibly the same Mexican slash Chinese place where they filmed the sheriff and Miss Topolsky's date. Wait, no, he didn't date Miss Topolsky. He dated Maria's mom. Yes, but he also went out for drinks with Topolsky. So you're not wrong. Um, And it's it's very fun to watch them film this set. It was either like a very small set or they didn't have 
the rights to the whole thing because like film licensing is a very particular study in science. So this whole uh, scene takes place either right next to or with the camera facing this pool table in the corner uh, that has this huge red uh, Chinese style lantern over it. Over the, so there's a normal light fixture above the pool table and then there's a huge red lantern above it because the lighting design for this scene is they want red light just like over everything because it's supposed to be very romantic and sensual occasion because they're flirting while they're playing pool. They're leaning over each other's shoulders and there was like this really cute moment that again speaks to how good the chemistry these actors have with each other where... um. Max gets some chalk on his face from the the chalk you rub on the end of the pool cue. And there's just this cute moment where Liz's like, oh, you've got chalk on your face and like leans over to rub it off. And I just said it in a making fun of voice. But I don't know. It just felt like very natural, like they were actually on a date. Mm -hmm. I really like this, too, because Liz's character is she is competent and very good at things she's excellent at pool Mm -hmm. and so she's trying to teach max who's obviously never done this before how to play pool and it's it's a fun moment for both of them and i liked her characterization of yeah she's good at this she's good at what she does i didn't read that she was good at pool i just thought they were (laughs) sexily flirting (laughs) maybe it was that too i don't know uh they're both standing very close to each other constantly and there's a bit where like Max is trying to line up a shot, and then Liz is like right next to his face. And then there is a there's a moment where he's like over her shoulder, helping her line up her shot too. And <laughs> nice, we're just having a good time. So while they're out there being normal teenagers, fitting in, blending in, uh, Michael's gone to the Indian reservation to meet with River Dog. And he's met by Eddie, who we've met before. I'm going to start up and say this whole storyline with the reservation is a big old mess. I don't know. This this show is doing, a, I think, a very poor job of, like, counting an actual religion and, like, leaning it towards its magical and its mysticism and stuff. And I was just wildly uncomfortable in every single scene where we were on the reservation. They're still trying to find their, uh, I believe, their lore for the aliens. I don't think they really quite have it nailed down yet, just that they can manipulate things molecularly, but there's no real other way for them to get information right now because, like you brought up before, Megan, every single avenue they go down, they actually never find anything out. So I, it's not a good idea, but I believe what the writers were doing was just try and like infuse like background and backstory quickly without stretching a mystery over everything again not ideal not great they're still trying to find their footing michael just shows up he is rude he is belligerent he's told oh you can't go into this tent we're having a sacred ceremony and he's like if the person i want to talk to is in there i'm gonna go they invite him in anyway it's a sweat ceremony in a tent with like steam over a bowl and things and river dog is in there sort of uh presiding over it and Michael gets so like instantly sick. He's like coughing and everything that he just gets up and runs out. He can't stand being in the tent anymore. And very quickly, he gets like instantly ill. And it's kind of indicated that, oh, it's possible that they did something to him while he was uh, sitting in on this on this ceremony. 
we have to go back to Isabel and Alex because he is still not believing them, doesn't think that's a real thing. He's trying to study these hieroglyphics, I guess, to figure out what's going on. And uh, Isabel breaks the sacred pact again and, and makes again. this milk ketchup. <laughs> no. So she she turns ketchup into mustard in front of him. It's yellow. Right, but like all the lighting in the diner is like warm and stuff. I thought she turned it into mayonnaise and it just got yellow lighting on it. Oh. So this is this is the dress debacle all over again. <laughs> um, but the way that they did the special effect was pretty cool. So they would have filmed a either milk or cream substance uh, on a different, basically on a different take. And they would have done it in front of either a a green screen or probably a black velvet screen where they dump this cream into the water and it'll like turn up and change color. And what they did is so she's holding the ketchup bottle in the main shot and they've kind of overlaid that effect on the ketchup behind her. So they've keyed out only the ketchup bottle. So that's like the only place where the effects was happening because this was back in the times of, oh, yeah, we're doing some CG effects for like big movies but you wouldn't commonly have CG effects in TV shows like you would today. So they had to do it practically. And I'm like, that's cool. So Alex is a believer now. He's in. He's in it for the long haul now. And um, I love him because he was the one that started asking what I think you pointed out, Megan. He starts asking questions and you're just like this. This is how you learn stuff. You have to communicate and ask questions together. Yeah, I was very pleased. I'm like, if I was in Alex's position, I would absolutely be like asking questions and trying to get to the bottom of things. This episode has a couple double beat moments where like the action gets... What's a double uh, beat? So it's where the same story beat happens twice, where the action starts to get going and we have the main issue of the of the story comes up, but there's other scenes that they want to like get out of the way first. So like we pull back on it, and then we'll ramp back back up into like the main problem of the week. So I think the first example of this is we have this scene with he and Isabel in the diner discussing this while Liz and Max are on their date, and then Michael shows up very sick and like Maria has to get I'm gonna do a real quick little summary we'll go into this deeper in a second but Maria has to like stop the date we all see Michael who's like drastically ill and shaking and unconscious and oh my gosh this is the big issue of the episode uh but then he wakes up and he's fine and then we have another scene with Isabel and Alex talking stuff over uh and then we have a scene pretty cute scene with uh Liz and Maria talking over their romance and things. And then Michael shows up drastically sick again, even worse this time. And then that's the the issue we have for the end of the episode. And I feel like those six scenes could have been three scenes. I think we could have condensed it. But I get it. It's very long trying to fill a 45-minute a 45 episode. It felt like... Michael's very sick and he's going to die happened like three times instead of maybe starting small and then ramping up over the course of the episode. It was like drastic. He's fine. Drastic. He's fine. Drastic. Let's do a magic ceremony with rocks. <laughs> 
so yeah, Michael has been affected by something. And like Meg says, he he keeps going in and out of being ill, being fine, being ill, being fine. Everyone's very worried about him. And he's like, get off my back. I'm fine. Leave me alone. <laughs> and so everyone's like, okay. And we end up at the UFO center the next day where Alex is super excited because he thinks he's cracked the code. And he brings Isabel over to this um, display about Machu Picchu and explains like it kind of looks like your language and which Alex excuse me the hieroglyphs that we have and the hieroglyphs at Machu Picchu actually look nothing alike <laughs> like the Machu Picchu ones are like very sharp and spiky like the bits that we see for a second I double taked because it looked like it was Nordic runes but it, it wasn't it was something else and the stuff we have is very like flowy and round and circular and i'm like oh alex buddy don't even need a micro microscope to see that these aren't actually visually similar (laughs) oh he's just so excited to help and isabel really rains on his parade and is just like we don't you think we've thought of this like please it's like max works here (laughs) (laughs) And Isabel turns to leave and he's like, how else are we going to, like, he yells this in this crowded room. How else are you going to find your home planet? And everyone stops and looks at him because he's making a scene. Obvi. Isabel looks scandalized. Isabel's going to murder him. And this is when Max's boss comes in. And at first, I was just like, (laughs) at first, I thought he was going to be exactly like, what did you say? What do you know? Tell me everything. But he's just like, we do not joke about the planets, son. (laughs) He's really upset at Alex. And Alex, being the good boy that he is, he's like, I'm sorry, sir. And he apologizes profusely. But Isabel is like, this is not going to fly (laughs) at all. And then they're interrupted by Michael, who's there apparently. And drastically ill on the floor. (laughs) Drastically ill on the floor. Um, His eyes have gone white. Uh, so so his eyes have just gone slightly cloudy. They're going to be mm-hmm. much more opaque in the next scene. <laughs> so before when this happened, he was just like in the back room at the diner. And I guess they wanted him to have this in front of witnesses because there's like 30 people there. And someone's like, call an ambulance because it looks like he's having a full on seizure on the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so from an outsider's perspective, someone says, Call an ambulance. And this kid who works at the UFO center, he's wearing the vest, says, no, it's fine. And then <laughs> takes sunglasses from someone in the crowd and just puts them on the kid's face <laughs> so no one can see his white eyes. And then they just, like, scoop him up and carry him away. Which, all right, if you ever do see someone having a seizure, yes, call 911. Leave them where they are. Just move stuff in their vicinity. Move it away from them so they don't uh, so they don't hit it. But you're not really supposed to touch or grab someone having a seizure. If they like start to vomit, you can roll them onto their side so they don't aspirate. But grand mal seizures like this generally don't last super super long. So just wait for the seizure to be over and then keep the person comforted and like chill until help arrives. But listen, he's He's an alien. He's never been sick before. And I know Max does not have any first aid training. (laughs) (laughs) 
Michael is too sick to really protest anything, so they take him to Liz's house because, thankfully, her parents are away for the weekend, <laughs> which she was going to invite Max over for the weekend, but that got nixed real hard. <laughs> okay, I know you are not on board with this series yet. <laughs> for for our listeners, I just gave her a pointed look after yet. <laughs> I loved this next scene because we get to know more about... Oh, wait. Maybe I'm skipping ahead. Hold on. The part with Maria and, and Isabel. I totally skipped ahead, didn't I? Well, like I said, there's there's double beats in this episode. Mm-hmm. So it feels like we're having the same scenes twice. Liz and Max have gone off to the reservation because they think something... They think that um, River Dog did something to him. And Max is about ready to start a fight because this is Michael, you know, he's one of his own. And Liz kind of kind of pulls the tension down by just saying, we don't know what to do. He's very sick. Please help us. And so then, you know, we're going to have River Dog show back up in a minute. But meanwhile, back at Liz's place, um, Maria and Isabel are kind of having issues with how the other person wants to take care of this because like Isabel's trying to take care of Michael in her way and Maria's trying to take care of Michael in her way um and Isabel's just like basically he's mine this is my Michael I really love this scene because it gives us more in-depth an in-depth perception into Isabel's background into her relationship with him because we can see she loves him but not in a not in a romantic way. And we don't get to see that sort of relationship a lot. I don't know, just she's explaining to Maria basically like Michael and Max are the only people I have. These are the only people that I have. And if he's gone, what do I do? And you can tell she's very worried. Contrast that with earlier, she and Michael had had a conversation where um Michael's just like, I could leave at any time. I have no attachments. And I could tell that really hurt Isabel's feelings because she, it's, it's just the three of them. And it's only been the three of them for a long time. And so to have Maria come in and kind of mess things up a little bit with, you know, who's important and who's, who's going to take care of and not who loves him more, but it was just kind of this glimpse into how much Isabel loved Michael and how worried she was about him and I just really we have a scene with uh Liz and Max talking about that um because this is definitely something that I had asked a question about earlier in the podcast and you were like oh they explained it he just ran away and I was like where is that written and it turns out it's explained in this episode (laughs) where I'm like why didn't all three of them get adopted and then they explained that they saw the headlights when when they were kids who had just come out of the ship and Max and Isabel held hands to go see like what the headlights were and Michael was afraid and he ran away and Isabel cried for like a full year after that at night because they couldn't like they didn't know what happened to Michael they didn't see him again for like 2 or 3 years and then I said oh, how come they don't tell their parents there's another little child missing? And then you said, because they couldn't even communicate with their parents. And I'm like, when was that written? I they don't explained think- it in this episode. I don't think 
Did you not even pay attention? I was paying attention. That's why I was confused. You were eating your red vines and probably checking Twitter. Shout out to my best friend, Rachel, for buying me a huge bucket of red vines. <laughs> um, they explained that they, like, they don't know English when they come out of the pods because they're aliens. And so they... They can sense each other, the three of them. That's where they could sense Michael kind of in the desert and uh, trying to get him to come with them. And so that's why they didn't tell anyone about there being a third kid because they didn't have the means to communicate that to people. Okay. Red vines are quiet, right? I can eat red vines while we record (laughs) a podcast. You eat it. Except, okay, guys, listen. I love Megan. I love her so much. But but her taste (laughs) in snacks is questionable sometimes. Everybody loves red vines. That's not true. But red vines are very popular and good snack. (laughs) But what do you do to them before you eat them? I pick them up out of the bucket and I just eat them. Nope. What do you do before that? So I just leave the lid off. I like my red vines stale, okay? I like them chewy. <laughs> and I just don't like red vines, period. And so I'm I'm happy to leave Meg all the red vines that she wants. So more weird stuff happens. So Michael is hallucinating these, these alien hieroglyphics in the desert. He's walking under the stars. He's by some mountains. Um, he's just... He's not having a good time. He is very much lost in another dream sequence from Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, when Max and Liz show back up to bring him, to pick Michael up to bring him to River Dog, they come into Liz's room and Michael's laid out on the bed, only he's covered head to toe in some sort of alien web that I don't know if he... I, I... like I said, haven't seen this movie, haven't seen this episode before. That was new to me that they could do that. <laughs> yeah. Add that to the list of powers. <laughs> <laughs> They're also Spider-Man. So how that practical effect would be pulled off is probably hot glue guns. And they just go drizzle, 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 drizzle. And they can like pre-make this webbing. Um, there are other ways to do it. Uh, for example... When they were making the Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and they had to make all this webbing to cover Frodo. They came up with this very particular recipe for this webbing. You had to cook it in an air fryer. Sorry, not an air fryer. You had to cook it in a deep fryer. Uh, and you had to mix the different ingredients. powders and ingredients, whatever, together. And you had to cook it at this very, very particular temperature. I can't remember what it was, but it was either like... There was just a difference of three to five degrees where if you didn't keep it at the perfect temperature, um, it would either burst into flames or just turn into a solid brick of rubber you couldn't use. Um, but then they could just drizzle it all over the set. And then when it dried, it would be the sticky, rubbery, webby stuff. That's very cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they transport Michael back to the reservoir. And this is where I feel like they set a lot of stuff up in this episode and the ending was very rushed and it was kind of like left up to the audience to like figure out what it means. And so they've got Michael laid out on the floor of the cave and River Dog said, I've seen this happen once before. Basically, he was testing Michael to see if he was going to react the same way that the alien that River Dog met as a boy reacted. 
And when he didn't right away, River Dog was like, oh, he's just a human. But the reaction apparently just took extra, extra, extra time. So now he's back and he is going to heal Michael the way that this other alien who River Dog called Nisado was healed. All right. Well, Emily, this wasn't quite clear to me. Was Nisado, did that mean visitor in the alien's tongue or did it mean visitor in River Dog's language? I think it was River Dog's language. Okay. I'll have to look that up, though, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But it was, they had to transfer energy. This was a weird episode. I'm not going to lie. Transfer energy. They had to hold these rocks. Okay. And if so. (laughs) So River Dog very clearly explains, we need all five people to put their energy into these five magical stones in order to wake Michael up. And if we don't have five people, he will die. And so they've built this strange symbol on the floor. Uh, there's rocks that are piled up in circles. It looks like a wagon wheel, basically. It looks like a wagon wheel, and there's five spokes going out, and Michael's in an inner circle, and then the five spokes go out to an outer circle. And we go around, and we give each person a rock, and we're like, you are going to put your energy into this rock, and it will glow. And then once that's happening, we can pull Michael out. And he goes to each person and gives them a rock. And then Liz is like, do you know what? I'm too scared. I can't do this. I'm too scared. And I was like, what? Why? You don't even like Michael. She was afraid because she was afraid that something like this could happen to Max in the future. And her fear was keeping her back. Which, listen, if she was so afraid, yeah, I did not agree with this as as a uh, with this direction they took uh, Liz because she's a scientist. She wants to know how things work. If she was afraid this was going to happen to Max in the future, she would take part in this to know how to fix Max in the future. I agree. Yeah. And then also, Liz just stands out. So we only have four people doing this. And I'm like, but there's five rocks. There's five spokes. Is River Dog going to step? Oh, no one's going to step in. They're just going to go ahead and try this with four people. Don't we need all five in order to regain the balance? Although I will say how cute it was because River Dog tells them we need everyone to do this. And sweet little Alex goes, even me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> River Dog's like, even you. <laughs> Alex is like, I'm included. So then we go into the dream, which had some had some fun, you know, editing tricks and framing and and. We're inverting our color schemes and everything. Uh, And we see each of these four people who've agreed to do it each come up to Michael. And uh, Alex goes up first because he's the least important. But they have like the most determined handshake. Uh, But because of the camera angle and how close it's framed, they have to hold their hands up so high. It's like even with their collarbones (laughs) to do this handshake. Um, And then we see Liz and Liz like super kisses him. Nope. We see Maria and Maria super (laughs) kisses him. Uh, And then, you know, like Isabel hugs him and stuff and everything. And then even though she's not participating in the thing, Max walks up to Michael and then he looks over Michael's shoulder and he sees Liz in the distance. And I'm like, great, 
this is where it all goes wrong. This is where there's going to be severe consequences because Liz stayed out of the circle. Or we're going to find out that Max should have stayed out of the circle too because of his conflicting feelings with Liz. Awesome. Nope. There's no bad after effects. Michael wakes up just fine. Not only that, he's been granted the truth in a vision and he takes all of our magical glowing rocks and goes to the writing on the cave wall, which we spotted earlier uh, in the last episode. And then he, um, <laughs> as he walks up to the cave wall, I'm like, oh, there's five such and such letters that look like the rocks. He's going to put the rocks in the letters because you guys, I miss escape rooms so much. <laughs> I can't wait to go back and do escape rooms. And they plug them in and it creates a constellation that looks kind of like the the letter V or like a flock of geese flying. Hey. In a V formation. Emily, does that mean there are five total aliens? Well, Megan, if you hadn't stopped watching after this episode, you might have found that. I de- and I stopped watching in the middle of this ceremony. This is when, I don't even remember when it was. It was probably when Roswell first came up on Hulu. But I'm like, this is not for me. I'm out. <laughs> um, but uh, I was like, so there was no consequence to Liz staying out at all? No, there was a consequence. The writers are like, we need to break her and Max up. We've got to keep the will they won't they going longer. And so Max is disgusted by, I'm kidding. That's not what he is. But yeah, Max is like, we can't be together. And I'm like, why? You were together for like 15 12 hours. hours. <laughs> Um, and because they're definitely not on the same page because she's writing in her journal, Max comes up to the rooftop and they have a talk where he's just like, I've been off balance. What does he say exactly? Because I don't remember. I was yelling at the TV. I was just so mad that they had contrived this breakup scene. I know that she says at one point, how is it possible that I can be the happiest I've ever been while at the same time now be the saddest I've ever been. And then he says, that's love. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> Basically, he's decided this for their relationship, that this is how it's going to be, is that they can't be together. And Liz is just heartbroken because she is the happiest she's ever been. And, you know, she and, and Maria earlier talked about what it was like kissing aliens because they're really the only two people on earth who know what it's like. Um, And they just talk about how they feel and everything. And that was interesting. You talked about Meg, there being no consequences to that. Um, I think, Oh, go ahead. I guessed in the moment that everyone who participated in the circle would get alien like powers in future episodes. Oh, that's right. You're like, now everyone has alien powers. Now people are going to think they're aliens, which that's a very good that's a very good guess to to thank you guess that um here's what i think should have happened if i were to rewrite this episode was that liz would have come into the circle and that max would have been distracted in the crucial moment he was needed to help michael Mm -hmm. and that would have scared him to let someone else in that letting liz in would hurt michael or hurt something i i would have accepted this breakup much easier if something like that had happened. Yeah. Uh, this this reminds me very much of at the beginning of the series when they decided that they couldn't go out for no reason other than it's too dangerous. But then, like, if you care to look over there, uh, Michael and 
Liz, uh, Michael and Maria are just like clearly macking face and dating already. Like there's literally no reason for them not to be together. And the story is just contriving more and more contrivances uh, to keep them apart from one another. Yeah. Yep. Nope. I agree. I agree. Going back and rewatching this, it's it's disappointing to go back to something that you love to be like, oh, this is uh, this is why they're doing this, and to see it rather than like, oh, this is the story that was meant to be. It's like, no, someone decided this. <laughs> An executive decided to do it like this, and so. And I want to throw out a caveat. Yep. Meg, if you end up not liking this, it's okay. <laughs> um, my feelings are going to be hurt. It's okay. Because okay. I do like you. Okay. <laughs> and I do like podcasting. <laughs> you don't like was, Steve, though. I think it was maybe two episodes ago. It was one of the episodes when you were, like, yelling at me for being on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know if you kept this in the episode, but I whined. But we've been doing this forever already. <laughs> Whatever that episode was, that one's been my least favorite. Mm. But it's all right. We got 10 episodes down and 12 to go this season. Mm Mm-hmm. How many seasons are there? There's three. Okay. I mean, this comes from the the woman who has watched all the seasons of Bones how many times in a row? Yeah, because I like it. You like it. (laughs) Um, yep. That was Roswell. Um, so can you throw me some guesses? What do you think is going to happen in the next one? The next one's called, um, the next one's called Toy House. Okay. Um, so here's the thing about guessing Roswell. I feel the writers just decide what they want to happen, like story beats that need to happen in each episode, but it doesn't feel like there's a lot of continuity. Like, it's it's like it's a monster of the week show, but the monster of the week is always someone who knows where we come from. I don't know. It's like, I don't know how to describe it. There's not really like a plot to Roswell. It's just the the central idea of the show is these kids are trying to figure out their past as aliens. And there's not a lot of other threads to it. It's like we've talked about before is they either get a step closer or they lose like all the evidence they have at once. So the next episode you said was called Toy House. Uh, All right. But I will hazard a guess. And it's Isabel using her dreamwalking powers uh, to make people do what she wants. (laughs) She's the she's the giant uh, the master puppeteer. Yes. Uh, that was my guess. That's all I got. What sort of alien powers are we going to see in the next episode? I would like there to be some fallout, magically speaking, from this weird ritual we did. Um, we're probably going to be yelling about what are these stars? What do they mean? Oh, yeah, because Liz had a telescope on her top deck during the last episode. And then there was a significant camera drift up to these specific stars. Uh, So specific alien powers we see uh, is going to be time travel, but not physically time traveling. It'll be jumping into people's memories and seeing the past through their eyes. Perfect. Those are good guesses, Megan. Thank you. Proud of you. Well, 
Guys, this has been fun for me. Don't think it's been that super much fun for Megan. <laughs> but she is being a very good sport. I appreciate now, her at, so much. At least now I don't have to pretend like I like <laughs> Roswell anymore. Listen, guys. Please listen. Um, I love this. I love that you don't like it because I feel like we're going to have a lot of good back and forth, which we're going to do with Haunting of Hill House. Which I also don't like. Add to this that I'm covering the, uh, so I'm guesting on the Animorphology series as they're covering Everworld, and I don't like Everworld either. So this will be three podcasts where I'm covering stuff that I don't even like. <laughs> but you have such good insight. You don't just stand there and be like, I don't like it. And then you don't want to talk about it. I don't like it. <laughs> So, um, guys, come check out also our haunting our uh, haunting of Hill House podcast where uh, we talk about what scares us and how much Megan hates Steve, and it's gonna be really fun. Okay, in like two years from now, I'm gonna be free from podcasting about all the things I dislike, and it'll just be things I love because after Hill House, we're covering Mob Psycho 100. And then after uh, Everworld is done, Jenny and I have been tossing around the idea she may actually cover Bleach with me, the <gasps> manga in podcast ah! form. I know. It's a big maybe, but oh my gosh, I want it that so That would be bad. a dream come true for you. I know. I keep trying to get people to start Bleach podcasts with me, and they just won't. And then we'll be doing more of the Stormlight Archives, which you guys know I really love. And, and Emily I likes love them too. too. That's the difference between you and me. <laughs> All right. So until then, guys, have a great week. Thanks for coming. Appreciate you. I'm going to get back to working on my book. I am going to go do some storyboarding. I believe in you. I believe in you too. Break. Ready? Break. so much for tuning in and listening to my sister made me view it the roswell 1999 edition uh we have so much fun doing this together as sisters and just thanks for listening and thank you for all your ratings and reviews we appreciate it you're helping us so much get exposure and uh kind of helping other people see that this is a great podcast to listen to uh, if you haven't, if you could run to the Apple iTunes store and leave us a little rating and review, that would be super helpful. You guys are great. Um, if you can't get enough of us, in the meantime, guess what? If you tune in next Thursday, yes, a week from today, which is Thanksgiving, November 25th, we're going to be putting up an episode that day, and that is our next Way of Kings episode. And then we are doing our final Haunting of Hill House episode, and that's going to go up on November the 30th. That's a Tuesday, so you can see where we've come from and where we ended up and all that fun stuff. And then, if that weren't enough, our next Roswell episode is going to go up Thursday, December 2nd. So we will see you then. We'll see you back here. A special thanks to Michael Biancardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm. We appreciate it. And if you want to see more in the meantime, you can check us out on our Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at SisMadeMeViewIt. Anyways, hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Hope you 
eat yourself sick on all your favorite foods, pie, turkey, cranberry sauce, Brussels sprouts, whatever you guys do. I'm not touching the Brussels sprouts, but I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving and we'll talk to you guys later. And remember, we believe in you.